Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Coach Mark Nolan, and back with another episode of Don't OutKickYourCoverage.com. Today, we will be finishing up on our four-part series of the Sports Parent University with the senior year for all you sports parents of the high school student-athlete who hopefully, after this episode, you'll be headed on to Sports Parent University graduation. But I first wanted to give a big shout out on Veterans Day to all my brothers and sisters who served. It has been one of my greatest honors to defend our country. That is such an awesome place to live and wake up each day in. So once again, thank you for your service. And as we say in the Army, Rangers lead the way. Today's sponsor is thekickerzone.com, the longest serving active football kicking and punting organization in the United States that for over 47 years has been training high school, college, and NFL specialists to hone in on their craft. Secondly, I also want to ask all of you to be a sponsor to two of the great organizations that I'm a sponsor with. One is St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and the second Shriners Hospital for Children. Both do amazing, life-saving things daily for tens of thousands of kids and their families. So please, please consider a monthly donation or both if you can. Up into our fourth part of our fourth part series of Sports Parents University, I want to personally thank all of you who are listening to this podcast. Whether you are a high school athlete getting ready to work out in the gym or on your way to practice for that huge upcoming game or match, thanks for listening and hope you'll tell your teammates about our podcast, especially in this series, because we have a bit of fun with your parents. Also, if you are a fall sports high school senior and you might be playing your last regular season game or match, Congrats to all of you for achieving the successes you've had over all these past years playing the sport that you love. To the parents and grandparents and, yes, coaches out there listening, I hope you enjoy this series and take with it the sense of me having worked and interfaced with thousands of parents like yourself, as well as me being a parent of two athletes. So, again, Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into our last part of our four-part series of Sports Parents University. Yep, for those just joining, I started this four-part Sports Parents University with one thing in mind. And it really comes down to after many years of trying to be one who provides the education for many of the past and now current clients I've interfaced with over the years. Granted, I started out this coaching journey on a whim as a young 20-something-year-old with little to no experience except for me wanting to help out in our hometown. And then over the years, in many different sports and licenses later, the education went from not just only trying to assist but also trying to find out what drills I could develop for the kids I was training. And year over year, 
and mainly in the sport of football and kicking specialist, where I developed a manual that day by day gave both in-season and out-of-season drills to do, and which recently I've now developed a whole new framework of series for the kicking and punting specialist and head coaches. The old manual was great, and it's been used in over 200 high schools and colleges, and I'm humbled to see so many college and NFL kickers and punters still using my drills to this day. Other times, I sought out to educate myself on the various rule book changes in many of these sports, and then tried to ensure that parents and athletes knew them as well. Then, of course, the pandemic hit. The government shut us all down, and all of us were, were unable to train at any of the fields I had used for over 35 years here locally. And yes, while I am thankful this little business for the past 47 years had been doing okay, we, like many others, were struggling to tell the athletes what was coming up shortly, which was going to have a huge negative effect on them. When it was finally safe to go out back and train, the NCAA came up with their sixth year of eligibility rules for graduating seniors in college and gave them all another year of playing time. This directly impacted all those current high school seniors who were looking to either play in college on that full ride they had been offered and now are being told by the college is that, sorry, Johnny, the college senior who should have graduated has now decided to use his sixth year of eligibility. And now we no longer have that scholarship and roster spot for you, but good luck to you in the future. Now being devastated after training as hard as they had been for all those years, in just a few short months, the NCAA gave him yet another blow to their chances. This time, it was the NCAA transfer portal back in, in 2018, allowing the one-time transfer rule without any ramifications. And again, the high school athlete and their parents were squarely targeted since now, instead of a college coach looking for a high school talent to find the next star athlete who was leaving, college came to the transfer portal. Every player who enters that may have been a former five-star athlete at Big U and now might want to transfer to Big State U and once again taking yet another high school scholarship away. But as I said in my book, the NCAA is big business to the tune of just over a billion dollars in revenue a year. So to them, it's not so much the National Federation of High School Sports and schools they care about, or even the high school athletes. It's all about the NCAA member schools who they are wanting to keep happy. And then lastly, another blow to the high school athlete came in July of 2021 with the NIL deals, what I call now it's legal, where a top elite player could potentially sign an NIL deal for millions of dollars, but they are rare. The average worker 
NIL deal is about $3,400 a year. But there was really one smart and aggressive young man, Raquan Smith from Norfolk State University, who plays football and is a decathlete on the track team, who they call the king of NIL deals. And he has about 70 of them. While we don't know how much total has been generated because many of these deals and contracts are run through NIL companies such as Open Doors and INFLCR, the figure I have seen for both the football and men's basketball from July 2021 to now totals about $917 million. The Ohio State University, though, is leading all schools with over 1,000 NIL deals in all of their sports programs. But the one thing that is not rare is that most of these athletes and their parents don't realize how these NIL deals will impact their taxes and even some other current grants they may be receiving. I truly believe this issue, along with the collectives who are basically acting as agents tied to the booster clubs, will continue to hurt not just the current college students who may want to transfer, but the high school student. And what is sad is that the entire years of the NCAA dating back to 1906 and through World War I up to present day, every high school athlete who went on to serve and came back home was told, sorry, while we do appreciate your service to our country, you no longer have any ability left and just move on with the rest of your life. So this really did take me off. And I wanted to see how I could engage with the middle and high school parents on how to educate them on these new, what I consider short-term wins to appease the NCAA and their partners longer term. So that's why I wrote the book now the series of Sports Parents University. Taking a parent of a rising middle school or high school athlete through the four years of the sports parents who are either currently in middle school and about to jump into high school in just a few short months or high school and try to help them position themselves each year as they go through high school in the recruiting process to college or even to just have them understand some of the dynamics, especially considering all of the changes the NCAA has done, and sadly nothing the National Federation of High Schools have done to help the high school athlete and their parents. And I will even throw in those great high school coaches who tirelessly tried to make the calls on behalf of the student to get them into a college program, and yes, those great high school guidance counselors looking to assist the students and their families. It is a daunting task. I'm going to continue down this road and fight for everyone. Next, in one of our upcoming podcasts, I will be shedding some light on this. But let's get back to where we started with today's fourth year of Sports Parents University. As a quick refresher, we started Then our then moving junior being a sports parent, and with each year providing some tips and yes tricks, and yes poking fun at you the 
parent. Remember, I am a recovering sports parent university graduate myself of two athletes. And who became a first-team All-American D1 football player and now is enrolled at the university, at the Ohio State University, for his Ph.D. in chemistry. And along the way of me graduating and seeing thousands of games, for instance, in football alone, I've been to over 1,024 games and counting these past 47 years and headed yet to another football first-round playoff game this upcoming weekend with a senior I train, as well as hundreds of games in youth and high school baseball as a coach, an umpire, and in soccer as a coach, a referee, and a league president to youth basketball, flag football, track and field events, and then interviewing over 200 athletes, their parents, and college coaches for my recent international and best-selling number one book college athletic scholarships the path to recruiting success in a new age of nil the transfer portal and post-covid scholarships yes it is a long title but i believe it has some great content in it and i'm humbled that it hit number one and in four categories in the sports coaching and education areas and I'm thankful for everyone who has purchased the book and helping us achieve these bestseller statuses. If you would like to help us build our brand, the book can be found on Amazon, Books to Read, and a dozen other outlets. So I hope you will check it out and buy a copy of the book. The reason why I wrote this book and now this podcast series and my next set of podcasts are centered completely around the education for the student-athletes and their parents and guardians. And I have spent every year of my 47 years in helping kids train in various sports these different ways. See, my passion has always been to see what was the best way to improve on a sport I was training in and how it could positively affect the student-athlete or help in conditioning for the upcoming offseason. For instance, in the sport I have been mainly working in, football, kicking, and punting, I developed a whole training program around kicking and punting drills, which I call my framework series. That framework came from the kickers and punters across the United States who kept asking me to develop this, and I spent the past six months on this framework. Likewise, from the education side, I've developed a consulting side of our business to help assist those parents I could not reach locally here. And if this is something you might be interested in, please, by all means, let me know how I can help by reaching out to me at mnolan at thekickerszone.com or my personal cell phone at 678-200-7400. Seven five four zero. Again, my cell phone is six seven eight two zero zero seven five four zero. What I have seen with the pandemic was that educating the high school athlete and parents and what they will need to understand as they move along these four years, which I can tell you from personal experience, is like Star Trek Enterprise spaceship going from Warp speed one, your freshman year, 
to Warp Speed 10 your senior year and graduation. I even dedicated a whole chapter about this for the parents in my book, and yes, one for the student athlete as well, since both have some things each of them must do to become successful. Now, what I do find interesting in educating parents is that sometimes they really don't or won't look at the reality of each year of their child who is trying to get that athletic scholarship. To focus solely on the stars and rankings in their child's sports they're playing in. It is incredulous to me that in this age of all the research which we have at our fingers, we refuse to look for help. I think that if little Johnny or Janie gets that five-star ranking, all is great. And they can back to watching reruns of The Simpsons or binging the latest Yellowstone series for the entire weekend while their little son Davey is down in the basement the entire weekend playing Call of Duty or Minecraft instead of getting ready for the ACTs or SATs. You know, the reality is that every year in every sport throughout the United States, there are hundreds and thousands of five-star athletes who have no scholarship offers. And their parents all of a sudden say, what the heck? No scholarships? How is that possible? And then comes the blame game from these parents. And guess who gets the blame first? Nope, not the student athlete and certainly not the parents. The first blame thrower, and yes, is akin to the flamethrower, is on the private coach, then the travel coach, or even the high school coach. And I can tell you a quick story that is related to one kicker and punter I trained. Great kid, soccer player. We transitioned to football, who when I helped him get into the camps and the ranking side of the house and made it all the way up to a five-star athlete. He then had no offers, and here's why. You know, he went to about 17 different camps in his senior year of his high school year going into his senior year of high school year. I knew the dad very well and had worked with him the last two years. Along with great people. And look, you know what? As you get ready to go to some of these camps, start out with some regional camps. Don't go to the big camps all the way, the Pig Five camps and the All-American camps. Just stay regionally. See how well you do there. But nope, he didn't want to do that. The dad says he thought he knew better than me. He didn't say that, but his actions did speak louder than words. They went out and spent about three weeks on the road flying back and forth to college camps with those all-important handwritten letters by the special teams coach, letting them know just how great they were and that if they came to the camp and they do well at this camp, of course, that is subjective words, and depending on what the term does well means, what a full ride was going to help them out with. And of course, it didn't matter that year after year in all sports camps, these offers just seemed to never materialize. But this dad knew better than me again, even though I did beg them not to do it and to try to relax 
class and go to smaller camps. But hey, you know what? It's not my money. And after about 17000 yes, $17,000 in just a little over a month, again, no scholarships. His college days are now behind him since he's decided that if he can't get a scholarship to play football, he's just going to go after that degree and enjoy himself to being a college student. Who knows? And good for him. We certainly have seen college coaches hold open tryouts after a kicker or a punter has a bad day. But I'm fairly sure we don't see those open tryouts when the star quarterback or a baseball pitcher has a bad day, right? Now, there may be some great upsides to this. The dad and son may have had some great time on these trips and talked about their future, or just talked about life in general, as my son and I did on several of these occasions. And, you know, he get to hang with some of his buddies he competed with over the years, and for three of them who are currently playing in the NFL. And let me be clear, it does not matter what sport it is, whether it's in the sport they have been playing since they were on the U3 travel or soccer or a baseball team, and now in high school, or one they have recently fell in love with, in me trying to educate parents, they will tell you that they are different and they believe their child is a five, a power five or all American without really having a deep understanding of the national charting and comparison student grades are doing. And more importantly, position or skill level they are in whichever sport they're playing, and especially in the senior year of high school. Oh, and by the way, since this is 2022 and not 1972, where whatever your belief system is, if your child will be trying to gain that athletic scholarship, most of the 100 plus college coaches I've interviewed really don't care about all the different positions and sports you play. They are interested in the one main sport they are offering you in because that is where the scholarship is coming from. And no doubt, unless you are an extremely gifted talent athlete for college in two sports, you will only be playing one sport in college. Now, if you don't believe me, here's a quick story for you. Several years ago, there was a talented, highly ranked specialist who wanted to play both football and then baseball at an SEC school. And who asked the football coach who was offering him if he could play both sports. Coach said, sure. But let me tell you that if you get hurt during baseball season, feel free to ask the baseball coach to place you on scholarship because you'll be missing our conditioning off-season workouts and spring ball that we are paying you here for. Now, of course, with this portal, that might be a way to go if you want to transfer out, but you'll still be mainly playing the one sport. The reality is that if only 2% of high school student athletes go on to play college ball in the sport they love, setting expectations early on is really the best way we should do for ourselves as parents. 
And yes, to the listening, this is our main job of ours as well. And by the fourth year of high school, a parent and their child should also know this. To put this into perspective, one of the things I do early on in the second year, if I'm training a high school athlete whose parents think John or Janie is D1 material, is to set the proper expectations. For there are over 8 million high school athletes playing sports. And there are roughly 3,000 college athletes playing sports. So that is about 1 in 57 who will end up playing D1. So by the senior year, both student athlete and their parents need to hear this and be aware of all these issues year over year with these numbers. For instance, in the most popular sport throughout the four years for the boys, is 11-man football, which has over 973,792 people playing, followed by track and field at 569,262. And for the girls in high school, the number one is track and field at 456,697, and then volleyball at 454,153. As I mentioned in my last podcast, I do a phased-in, four-part approach of families. Sometimes it's at a local restaurant where we sit down and discuss where we are, grades, ACT scores, school visits, and who they're following and getting interest from, as well as looking for the field of study the student-athlete is looking at to make sure the parents have a game plan. This includes the FAFSA application in October and seeing what other scholarships they may be looking at, academic or private organizations. And for those who are not local, do do Zoom calls to see where they are. And most important, making sure they have obtained their NCAA National House number. Look, each year is unique in this area. But where the fourth year student, and yes, their parents will need to understand, is that this is the year we tune in that radio station, which is W-T-R-M-T-R. Yep, where the rubber meets the recruited. This issue is that many don't just how difficult this new roadway is and especially if they have been recruited at one time and other selves. With this recruitment cycle being so fast and dynamic these days, they really do need to take a look outside of themselves and seek the help, especially if someone has been there and done that. To me, I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. And for instance, if I wanted to go put a new toilet in, I certainly and not going to run out to Home Depot and ask Big Bill in plumbing how to install one. I have no desire to look at the do-it-yourself YouTube channel. And besides, my weekends are spent training the kids I work with. So I just hire someone. And it's just like finding the local person to tutor a child in the ACT, SAT, or other high school classes they need help in. And again, if your child is not pulling in the 
then as a serious conversation, this must end and quickly as possible. For the life of me, I just don't see why a parent would not want to seek out help in the largest investment they are making with their child and trying to get that athletic scholarship for college. Having already spent thousands of dollars in private coaches, equipment, traveling all over the place, or unless you are like those Hollywood folks and hedge fund managers who a couple years ago spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get their kids into college on fake athletic scholarships, whose kids never even played the sports. And yes, I'm referring to the movie Operation Varsity Blue, the college admission scandals. So as I have preached and preached and preached, in the end, it really comes down to doing the research, like listening to podcasts such as this one and speaking with other parents who've been there before you. Now, here's one tip I would offer to look at at your current high school and see what others in your child's sports have landed in college. And more importantly, how recent was it? But as they say, without further ado, let's get into our fourth year of Sports Parent University or what I'm calling Senioritis Year. You like that? As we have moved from the first year to now our final year, senioritis is setting in for the parents of those student athletes. You've managed to hopefully not get thrown out of a game from hollering from the sidelines at the referee or umpire. And along the way, you've racked up enough hotel, car, and airline reservations and mileage points for that European vacation after Johnny signs that national letter of intent deal at Big U, right? Well, congratulations if that happens. But on the chances you may not be in that situation and are scrambling to get a preferred walk-on or recruited walk-on and pictures taken with your child and high school coaches, you might be in that senioritis season. You know, those four seasons, right? And no, I don't mean fall, winter, spring, and summer. But those four seasons of, I should have, could have, I would have, and didn't have seasons. First, the should-haves, of course, are the, I should have made sure that our child studied more in their freshman and sophomore years and didn't trust them when they said they were studying upstairs and may not have the grades to get into college or maybe get in that in-state tuition at the school they really like, but now we might not be able to afford that out-of-state tuition. A big one here is open the recruiting to other schools outside of those P5 schools that I thought would be calling our child any day now and should have spent some more time speaking with our child before they ran upstairs or downstairs to study in their room and then find out they played Call of Duty the entire weekend at the dinner table on Sunday night when you finally asked them, what did you do all weekend up in your room? And yes, I should have taken that phone away from them. Now we move on to the second season. The senioritis could have season. Where the could have made shafts that was filled out. 
to see if you qualify and could have your they sat down and looked at the possible schools your child is interested in attending and maybe even taking a trip up there but generally this should be done in your junior hybrid year as a senioritis could have parent you could have made sure that at least weekly you have a face-to-face -face meeting with them to see where they are and their thoughts in the schools and where they might be a fit and which ones are a reach and which based on their academic or athletic abilities and college scores and no doubt any boyfriend or girlfriend schools that might be under consideration i know it's crazy but it does happen then we move rapidly on to the senioritis would have parents and more in line of like i said in the last episode of the sports parent who would have been an all pro if they hadn't banged up their knees or arm or leg or head after taking all those shots the would have parents are the ones who wait until the senior year to make sure Johnny and Janie have those college SAT, ACT, GPA grades to get into where they're looking for their child to get into and would have worked harder on those grades if they only knew. For instance, here's a quick story for you. We had a great friend of ours whose daughter was a very good soccer player. She really knocked it out of the ballpark every time she played soccer a lot of schools looked at her but it came down to her, her grades one year in her senior year her last year she decided to go down with her mom and dad to a, a disney cup tournament down in florida and as they were going down there they asked me if our son was going to the disney cup in his age group and i said nope sorry he's not going to go because he's got a prep class to go to for his act's well, when we found out later on, the girl had only had a 15 on her ACT. And those of you who've taken the ACT know that's a pretty low score. Now, she should have taken it a little bit more, but she took it once. And she quite honestly had three big D1 schools looking after her, but had told her, you better get your ACT scores up higher. And she said, the one head coach said, you know what, unless you can get your 15 up higher, we really are going to have to pull that off we're talking to you about. Now, what disappointed me was the mom came up to me after this and said, can you believe this? She's only two points away and they wouldn't give her that scholarship. She's going there to play soccer and to be a doctor. Well, and she never got her scores up. And even though she was a very good soccer player went to college to play but she did go into the workforce then got a great job and then went to school and graduated with her four-year degrees year, years later the would-have moment here was on both the student athlete and the parents but as we say God has a plan for each of us so that's how I look at it but God also does give us our own abilities to reason and make the choices we need to be successful. And yes, to this day, sometimes when we get together with them once in a while, their moms and dads, we do relive all times and both the mom and dad bring this up. And I know it does still hurt them to this day. But lastly, let's look at the didn't have. The didn't haves come in many different forms in the last season of senior right this year.
but tend to be more in the excuses side of things. You know, maybe their child didn't have the DNA to play at the next level or didn't have the best high school coach or private coach or didn't have the right opportunity to compete for the starting position because Timmy, who he had competed against, just had a stronger arm. And yes, there are certain truths to some of these. But as I try and let the parents know in the senioritis parent university final year, is that every step along the way of my four-year phased-in approach, I've done my best to make sure everyone is singing from the same sheet of music. And by the time senior year is upon us, we should know the songs back and forth because we have certainly sung them together enough the one in all these senioritis seasons comes from the fact that we all get to make our choices and know what we should be doing. And hopefully, if we move on to the college level, you'll learn these seasons stay as consistent as you do, like raking the leaves on your lawn each fall. Even though you'll tell yourself you're never going to do them again, you still do. So as we get ready for the Sports Parent University closing ceremony, sorry, there's no pomp and circumstance graduation march sung by Sir Edward Elger or diplomas, but I do have some things I hope every one of you has taken in and has been able to think about these four years of the Sports University. And I hope and pray you've enjoyed some of my data and some of my stories. And lastly, my humor. Acting like a graduation ceremony, graduates are given some parting shots and some of the Sports Parents University people here, I am the chancellor. So I'm going to give you some words of wisdom for all of you in the Sports Parents University as new alums. And feel free to switch your tassels from one side to the other of your cap. I take this book. And the last chapter, what I had coined many years ago called watercolor parents, you know, the ones back in the day, each Monday morning where parents would gather around the company watercolor and talk about the great feats of little Timmy and Karen, all the while trying to outdo the other. After my 47 years of coaching youth sports and their parents, I have come to think I'm a sports parent expert. And can within five minutes spot them on a field of play or even at practice, and yes, even at the local sporting goods store. So the watercolor parents are now the sports parent. And my speech is called, You Might Be a Sports Parent. And based on Mr. Jeff Foxworthy's, you might be a redneck series. So here we go. You might be a sports parent if on the birth of your son or daughter, in the first few days, you proudly sailed out anyone around. My gosh, look at the size of his or her hands or feet. You might be a sports parent and need some assistant. If by your child's fifth birthday, you have bought little Johnny his own kickoff tee and cleats or baseball mitt and chewing tobacco so that he could be the starter on your local U6 Titans football or baseball team. And from there, shortly thereafterwards, a kicking and pitching scholarship at Big E U, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. 
If by your child's 10th birthday, you have paid for a baseball camp for $500 because you make sure he is not going to fall behind the other campers, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you attend your child's weekend camp and sit down on the field in your collapsible chair, following your child each competition throughout the day, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If by your child's 13th birthday, you are looking at the latest tweets and updates from your favorite camp as to where little Jimmy is ranked and retweet every update to all your followers, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If by your child's 14th birthday, you have taken over the role of full-time coach, even though you may never have played or coached football or baseball or basketball or soccer, and have purchased all the latest gear from a big sporting goods store, and have a stopwatch and whistle, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you're spending more time on the Big E Camps website comparing where your child is ranked nationally and regionally after each camp, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If by your child's high school senior year, you have a larger video collection of all their sports since the smidgets, then your whole family base, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you have the full D1, D2, D3, NAIA, and you coaches Ross elaborate Excel coded spreadsheet in green and yellow or red, or with the preferred walk-on or walk-on or scholarship next to each college that is offering this year and updating it every time a kid gets offered, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you really believe that every college coach you speak with about your child's athletic abilities is telling you the truth, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If at every Friday night football game, your child misses a field goal or falls off the balance beam on a setting or misses the final free throw, and you are quick to point out that the blame is not on your child, but the other kids on the team or the coach who didn't play, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If your child has more frequent flyer miles from attending those so-called Biggie National Combine Camps than the rest of their entire high school team, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If at the big deal college camp your child is attending, hopefully to get that offer, you shag footballs or baseballs or softwares, softballs from behind the goal and outfield while acting as the ref or umpire, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you really believe that your child's national letter of intent is considered a four-year full ride and go out and buy that new motorhome to travel to all the games, then you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you have purchased one of the super-duper guaranteed to get your children a scholarship recruiting website 
offer for just a few thousand dollars, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If your child has more camp shirts than he does underwear, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you, as a parent, know the current rankings of your child, but not their academic rankings, ACT or SAT, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you spend more money on your child's athletic shoes, gloves, helmets, hats, dance dresses, and shoes, then the 20th year wedding anniversary dinner for you and your spouse, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If you attend more Sunday Biggie X camps than you attend church service in a year, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. If after your child has been accepted to play a Biggie U, you immediately go out and reserve all the local hotel rooms for the upcoming home and away games for the next four years, or even buy or rent another house nearby, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. And finally, if you believe that a preferred walk-on, a PWO, or a walk-on, walk-on at Big U is better than a We Prefer You Pay scholarship offer to a lesser-known program or division, but with a greater academic program and paid for, you might be a sports parent in need of assistance. And that's it. So once again, I would like to thank each and every one of you for your support while we build out our brand. And please hit the like button and subscribe to us on your favorite program and platform. So once again, thank you very much for listening. This is Mark Nolan signing off. And please remember to don't outkick your coverage. Take care.